We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir. Yes, no. No? Sir, sir uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fall. That gets a free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. This episode, as always, is sponsored as well by our Big Screen Sports Patreon group, our Big Chill patrons, our producer-level patrons. Shout out to them, Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D., Ryan Yeager, Mike Treese, James Kowalewski, Chris Mykoski, Andrew Teagle, John Craig, and of course, Classic Stadium Fire, the sponsor to all our patrons' movie episodes. Big thanks to them and all of our patrons for supporting this show. If you want to support the show for free, rate and review, or, you know, wherever you get your podcast, because you can do that everywhere now, uh, tell a friend that whole thing but if you go to patreon.com slash big screen sports you can get a say in what this show covers patrons nominate and pick at least one movie a month along with other perks ad free episodes sometimes you get some early drops stickers all the fun things uh, speaking of fun things we're starting off this month the month of april with back-to-back nick cage episodes last week me and brian gill talked gone in 60 seconds this week con air caroline darney mike golick jr back you know the drill folks this one had it all because um, as you know, you know, Con Air, sports movie, stopping a, a flying prison plane. That's a, that's a sport, if I've ever heard one. Uh, great episode. Let's talk Con Air. All right. Joining you tonight, two folks who just need no introduction to listeners to this podcast at any point. Uh, Caroline Darney, Mike Golick Jr. Welcome back, folks. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> we, this is This is truly a this is why you lift all them weights moment for this particular trio on this particular podcast. We are built for this. It, it all comes down to this folks. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to say this is what my life has been working towards, but I think this might be what my life isn't working towards this podcast tonight. This is our one shining moment. Really? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Caroline, before we get into it, uh, what's going on at bet for the win? Uh, we just wrapped up some awesome March Madness coverage. So shout out to everyone who clicked and read the content, all the content. Go check out the content. Um, and you can find it Bet for the Win online, both Twitter and just the website itself. Uh, and then you can find me on Twitter at CW Darney. 
And Mike, the IG Live cooking show is still going strong. Yeah, we were uh, we had a very successful taco IG Live uh, show the other day. I managed to get a little bit less drunk this time, which was definitely in the best interest of the tacos. Because have you guys ever done the thing where you take the tortilla and you put it on top of like the open flame on this? I had never done oh, that. No, I, I thought terrified. you were going to put it in the oven and like toast it that way. No, everyone on the live was telling me because I have a gas range stove. They're like, you can just put it right on the fire. And I was understandably terrified by this. Found out you can just do that. And it's a thing. And so now I am one of the initiated. You can. Yeah. A happy medium is putting it on like a cast iron over the burner or like a skillet. Uh, but the the fire gives you certainly gives you the, the best flavor. It also, you know, a little more likely you can burn your house down. But uh you know, you, you take the good with the bad. Um, and speaking of taking the good with the bad, let's just let's dive right into it, guys. We're talking about uh, Con Air, the 1997 action film. Newly paroled ex-con and former U.S. Ranger Cameron Poe finds himself trapped in a prisoner transport plane when the passengers seize control. Star Nick Cage, John Malkovich, John Cusack, and just a bunch of other lords. It was directed by Simon West and produced by Jerry Bruckheimer Films, the official studio of Big Cocaine Energy. Got a 56% on Rotten Tomatoes. What? 224 million. It got that high? <laughs> Excuse me, that should be 98. Like, what is wrong with people? So I will say, after last week's Gone in 60 Seconds, this did better in Gone in 60 than Gone in 60 Seconds did. I don't have it in front of me. I would bet the audience score is much higher. Caroline, is this is this the most 90s movie of all time? Oh, yes. It's just this is a movie. I'm not kidding you. This is the one that if it is on TV, I am I have to stop. Like I will like this is the one that people will text me and tweet me about where they're like, "Hey, Conair starting on TNT." Like I will get tweets about this one. It is so ridiculous and in my mind the best in the good bad movie genre because like it just does not let up it is the most that little bio or like little blurb you read like it's ridiculous like every single word in that is absurd like and it just it for me it works so well because every single person brought their most like wild performance at every second like every everybody dialed it up to 11 and kept it there and just was chewing the scenery and making the most of it and that's the only way this movie works Mike, does this movie have a has a, a single dull moment? No, it, it's like Caroline said, it's so many like well-known actors and actresses that we have all seen who all decided to do their, oh yeah, I'll take this role at the same time and bring the same energy to it. This movie reminds me so much of my dad. It's like one of those <laughs> movies that was passed down from my father to me as like I came into young adulthood, this was, it's like Gladiator, this and a couple other movies that were very much the father-son bonding experience for me, my dad, and my brother. That's excellent parenting. I can't wait to, to give this movie to my son. There's just, there's a <laughs> lot of violent sexual crimes involved that I, you know, probably gonna have to pump the brakes so on many. that for a little bit. So but um, I was texting guys when I was doing my rewatch, it was the first time my wife had seen it. <laughs> And I think her quote is perfect. She said, this movie is very bad. I will never watch it again, which like, she's wrong. We will. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's enjoyable. I'm engaged. And I think yeah. that's, I think that's the perfect sum up. It is yeah. highly enjoyable. You are 
all the way bought in this entire time because it doesn't like as soon as <laughs> maybe as soon as you see like a flaming prison mattress, like <laughs> you're just you're just on the hook for the entire movie wanting to know what happened. It really it doesn't like there's no heart to hearts really. Cause like even no. our most, even like when you've got like Larkin and Poe, you know, Cusack and Kate staring each other down, like they're still pointing guns at each other. So anytime I'm our so characters sweaty. are interacting, yeah, they're all yelling at each other. So it's, it's perfect. And like my take, I want to run this by you guys. This to me is not a Nicholas Cage movie. This is a John Malkovich movie. That guy is a fucking King and he is in command oh for this entire movie. Like he is, Mike was talking about all these people and all these people for me, like make a big pyramid and Malkovich is at the top, like running the show in this one, both in the movie itself at the plot and just in general. I'd put, yeah, I'd say top. And then I'd have Cusack and cage in the one block right under, because mm -hmm. I agree with that. I think it's just, everyone decided to be as unhinged as they possibly could throughout. And they're like, Hey, we're here. Here's, Nicholas Cage on a dinghy for some reason going to a bar and we're just going like I hope you didn't want more backstory because that's all you're getting it does it comes it comes screeching up this is the like the beginning of this movie is the cash equivalent of the guy that comes screeching up in the sports car and slides into the parking spot it's yeah. just like all right we're going full speed right away but I agree with you Kyle and that point about John Malkovich makes what happens at various critical junctures of this movie with his character and the way that he is acknowledged and then at some points has a blind eye turned to him, absolutely incredible and befitting of this movie. So very excited that that is how we're going to walk into this because it's 100% true. I mean, he's he's unbeatable. And we were talking about this before we started recording. This movie is, like Caroline said, kind of so bad it's good or like the best good bad movie. If they would have tried to amp up any part of it, like made the plot a little more believable or made the dialogue a little less batshit, it's like a house of cards. I think it all falls down. Yeah. I think if, if any, because movies that take themselves to take themselves really seriously, I always... Always, always, always on the show, go back to Trouble with the Curve, a movie that takes itself in just super seriously. When something in it doesn't work, the whole movie collapses because it's like, you're telling me you're this super serious movie. You're, you're supposed to be really smart and you're actually a fucking idiot. This movie is not trying to be smart. This movie is trying to get you to like, hey, let's go on a joyride and drink some Four loco and go find an empty field to do donuts in. And like, we're all in. That sounds great. That sounds like a great time. We're not, we're not going to have like any deep intellectual conversations. We're going to get hopped up on Four loco and do donuts and try to avoid the cops. And it's going to be a great, great time. That's this, this movie. movie is this movie is Barry after a night of drinking. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, where we're at. like John Malkovich holds a gun to the head of a stuffed bunny in this movie before an attack helicopter shows up. Like that's what we're working with. <laughs> I, I, it's all it's it's all so perfect. I, I don't want to give away too much because a lot of the jokes I'm about to make are going to be covered over the body of this. So let's <laughs> let's paint our Picasso right here. This is what we were born to do. Yeah. Caroline, because escaping from prison is a crime, or is, is not a crime, because escaping from prison is a sport, is this a <laughs> Hall of Fame all-star starter or bench warmer sports film? All-star. I'll say all-star because it's not. We'll, Caroline, we'll go, with your, not go with your heart. This is a yeah. Hall of Okay, it's a Hall of Fame. <laughs> I was going to say, don't, don't you apply reason to any port. <laughs> okay. We just talked this about the big cocaine energy of this yeah. thing. 
so this is and people this is gonna like blow like really piss people off or like this is like a desert island movie for me if i get five movies con air is in that list like that's like where because sometimes you just got to break up the rest of the good content with just pure cocaine energy and that's what this is hall of fame to me this is the top this is mount rushmore of good bad and action movies for me like i just it, and it's it's per, like you said we tell your first question was like is this like the most 90s like it's up there when i think of like my favorite ridiculous action in some case disaster i guess you know like people sometimes throw disaster movies in different genres but you know i think of armageddon i think of uh speed i think of um you know the volcano slash dante's peak like time frame like this is all right there for me so i think it just it's it's hall of fame for me i love it it's just it's so ridiculous i absolutely am obsessed with it i think you just ripped off a few movies we're gonna have to cover sooner rather than <laughs> mike hall of fame all-star starter bench warmer yeah a, a hall of famer for me I, I cannot pull this away from the nostalgia of growing up with my formative years being in the early 2000s when this had time to make its way to one of the movies that was readily cycled through on any channel that ever shows you know any channel that's ever going to do the uh, movies on tv this is one of the banner performers this is what you think of when it's oh i'm scrolling through the channels the way that we all used to before streaming services this is inextricably linked to that inextricably linked to my childhood in a way that i couldn't pry for my dna if i wanted to it is a first ballot hall of famer it is in the inner sanctum it's like barry bonds where because of all the drugs that have gone into this movie it might be left out by some less than stellar voters but it deserves to be in there yeah, I mean, this is Barry Bonds 2001. This is when things got just got ridiculous. We this movie puts up video game stats. This is yeah. this movie is the steroid era of movies. Like when <laughs> yeah. we were making these movies, when like again mentioning Brockheimer and all that stuff, like it this fits perfectly into what this time period was. I mean, what steroids are for baseball players? Cocaine for creatives. <laughs> Um, I mean, this one, like everyone has their, if I were a million, you know, if I win the lottery, this is what I'm doing. Like one of the things I'm doing is I'm, I'm buying, like, I I'm putting like an old timey movie theater. It just, you know, one screen, like it on main street of my small town and just showing like great old movies and getting the movie theater experience. And we're having con air Thursdays every Thursday, because this one, like that's the one thing in a theater. I, I need I need this. I need to see that plane go through the fucking sands in a theater at some point. Time to start tagging at Alamo Draft House to get them to show this for me in Charlottesville. Like, because they, I mean, I saw Indiana Jones. They'll show like I saw Alien. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's why I That's love. That's the like, best thing. So many, yeah, it's the best thing yeah. about Alamo Draft House. There's so many great movies that I've wanted to that I either was too young to see in the theater, or like you know, would love to see again. And so, like, this is all that. Yeah, I didn't think about that. This is on the list. I'm gonna just rent it out and bring my own DVD. <laughs> my local Please. theater actually has a bring your own DVD option that that might have to do that. Wow, just electric. By the way, yeah. if any airline out there, because I just recently saw a new airline name that got added to the outside of Bradley. If anyone wants to become Con Air full time. I will switch my allegiance from Delta over to whoever decides to be Con Air. I don't know what version of their reward system would be if instead of becoming Diamond Medallion, you are Cyrus the goddamn virus <laughs> up in first class. That will be me. So airlines, come and take even bigger strangleholds on my life by accepting this blessing. I'm actually maximum security level in Con Air rewards. 
Supermax. Okay. <laughs> We're opening a new Supermax prison, you guys. <laughs> you walk you walk into their version of the Delta Sky Lounge and everything's just on fire. It's the prison break <laughs> scenes all over again. I this is honestly this movie is a scathing indictment of the like intergovernmental commu- uh, cooperation and uh proper how did why were there fires if i can't we can get them yeah i shouted i don't know how i didn't remember that scene but it's like he's just like minding my business just <laughs> writing a letter writing a letter to my daughter while the all the mattresses are on fire Very simple <laughs> sentences that man does not know how to use a comma like that guy he does not make compound sentences honestly that's oh. the most deeply relatable thing in this movie from someone who is not a writer and left grammar wave bye-bye to that a long time ago i'm like oh yeah his sentence structure makes perfect sense he writes like ass. his daughter <laughs> there's no difference when he's reading her letters to when he's writing the ones to his wife dear daddy today was my first day at first grade i didn't like it i don't want to go back tomorrow this boy, Scotty Dalton, has black teeth and calls me names. Mama says I have to go back. Tell her not to make me. Dear Casey, hopefully this finds you still going to the first grade. School is very important. Your mama's right. Now don't you worry about little Scotty Dalton. Sometimes you meet people like that, but don't let them get you down. School is very important. Your mama's right. <laughs> You need to go back to school. I hope this letter finds you back in the first grade. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, the IMDb trivia. I tried to be selective. Uh, so lot, I'm going to read you 75 lot. things. I, I, tr- yeah. I tried to. To really pull back the curtain, Kyle's computer crashed when we first started to try and record this because he had so much Con Air trivia loaded up on it. The literal Cyrus the virus on the computer. Um, Okay, Malkovich, unhappy during production because the script was being rewritten virtually every day and he had no idea how his character was going to turn out. Might have just been genius directing, just like you need this guy to be crotchety and angry and a little unhinged. Honestly, that if any of them had a full script, I would have been furious. If Nicolas Cage had any script at all, I'd be stunned. This just feels like they told him, wander onto the set, get prison jacked, and go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they said, like, in the trivia, it said Chappelle improvised most of his lines, but it seems like a lot of people just improvised most of their lines. Yeah. Uh, Cusack allegedly dislikes this film so much that he refuses to be interviewed about it. Is this on your Cusack Rushmore? Because it's on my Cusack Rushmore. This is like the only movie I like John Cusack in. Like I was like, <laughs> he's not on my he's not on my high list of like. But this was this is the only one that I will go back and like rewatch that he's in. I love it. Like, well, I, and like yeah. to, to the point we made earlier, that's taking yourself far too seriously if you can't look back fondly on this movie. So, with all due respect, eat shit, John Cusack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> John Cusack has taken worse jobs. That's a it's a it's a checkered IMDb. He's fantastic in Love and Mercy, the uh, the Brian Wilson Beatles movie where he plays older Brian Wilson. Just fantastic, by the way. Um, okay, the song "How Do I Live" was nominated for both an Oscar for Best Original Song and a Razzie as Worst Original Song. Side note: Fuck the Razzies, an awful organization. They need to go away but it did not win either award so that song not only is like that song in the movie but it opens and closes with it oh yeah which is fucking incredible 
Are you guys ready for the best bit of trivia about? Yes, been waiting for it. Yeah. So the original artist for the song for the movie was Leanne Rhymes. So she recorded a version of How Do I Live? And the studio. So first of all, this is thank goodness for Jason Gallagher of The Ringer. Uh, this this post is fantastic. Just search How Do I Live Conair. Um, but the studio was like, sorry, I think your version lacks the gravitas needed to convey how important this moment is <laughs> where he, where Cameron Poe is meeting sweet Casey Poe. It's just, you know, the reuniting. And so they got Trisha Yearwood to record a version that was more somber and appropriate for the movie. So that already is ridiculous. Then fast forward to the 1998 Grammys in which both versions were up for a Grammy in the same category. And they had Leanne Rhymes perform How Do I Live at the Grammy Awards right before it was presented, that award was presented and she lost to Trisha Yearwood's version of How Do I Live. I'm not kidding. There's video. It, Dwight Yoakam is wearing a very shiny turtleneck and he presents this award. It is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Like there wasn't even a commercial break. She was still standing in the wings of the stage at the Grammys when they announced the award for Trisha Yearwood. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Yeah. It's my favorite, favorite thing about and that song. I feel like, can we agree as a group the Leanne Rhymes version fucking bangs and the Trisha so apparently, version is fine. Apparently uh, the Leanne version was released more as a pop song, whereas Trisha's hit country stations. Um, and the, the people went with Leanne. She was on the charts for longer and higher and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. Yeah. I, I'm <laughs> fucked up right now. <laughs> Like, we're fresh um, off one of the, like, Hall of Fame award show moments in the Oscars, Will Smith, Chris Rock slap. And this feels close. And I had no idea that it yeah. existed until this Wild. moment. I Just never... because we all know that most of these award shows do not ask you to come in person unless you know you are winning there. And they brought her there to perform and lose to someone else performing the same for the same movie asked by the studio. It's I, just, it's, <laughs> I think it just, the fact that it was prompted by them being like, I'm sorry, I just don't think that you're getting what we're trying to convey in our movie about convicts going to a supermax prison. I just don't think you're hitting it. I just don't think that you're really. I just love connected. the thought of them like walking into the studio in between takes and they're like, no, no, you don't understand. Like <laughs> imagine his friend is diabetic on this plane. <laughs> imagine you're a former ranger and you heel punch a man in the face and he dies. And listen, there's this guy, Johnny 23 and the 23. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Leanne, John Malkovich is in this movie. Like, just, it's also, can I just throw out there, can we bring back the, like, movie song? Because that really fell off the face of the earth. Like, how do I, like, how do I live? You had My Heart Will Go On. You had, um, I don't, what's the uh, Armageddon one? Like, don't, don't want to close my eyes. Eyes. Yeah, don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> I mean, honestly, did that, like, the last movie I can remember that being a thing for was Bad Boys 2. 
Yeah. And I think of yeah. like, you know, I had the little single for Wild Wild West. Wicka, wicka, wow. Which still wicka, which wow. still goes. Still goes. Yeah. The thing is, like, Disney is still doing this well, but I guess like the most overused take, and like something like I subscribe to, but it's not it's not an original thought, is the best song in the Oscars now kind of sucks because it's usually just songs that are just in like the credits. Like they're not yeah, they're not actually featured in the movie unless it's a Disney movie. Like Like Shallow was probably the last one, yes, right? Like yeah, the sh- most yeah. recent one that actually was would any like of a the popular songs, song what about the ones that get used because i feel like james bond movies might be the only other caveat they're the only yeah. other movies that seem to actually include them within the body of the film yeah yeah, yeah. and i think but, even though like skyfall wasn't as popular as like all-encompassing as like how do i live or i guess they are they're so this like i think did you know the skyfall get like get nominated for a grammy like is that i think that's kind I of where it, like these songs yeah. were like Yeah, these songs are big. And like Shallow was like that too. And like songs that actually get radio play, but are actually also a part of the movie. Um, like, cause like, how do I live still, still goes like that still, oh, that man. still comes on. And in the, the, it's the Leanne version too. The Trisha Yearwood version got crashed into the sands as soon as the, uh, I still, <laughs> every time when it, how do I, <laughs> oh, how do I leave? God. It's so good. It just like with all the fire trucks and plane I wreckage. Hope- Everyone out there listening can find someone that loves them as much as we love this goddamn movie. <laughs> oh man, I don't even like how to. Uh, okay, next next bit of trivia: Nick Cage traveled to Alabama to work on his accent. What D- didn't work? <laughs> <laughs> didn't work. Did they? <laughs> Oh, no. The thing the thing that's incredible, so doing Gone in 60 Seconds last I don't know where you guys stand on Gone in 60 Seconds, but I actually think we, me and my, my guest for that one, Brian Gill, we talked about how Cage has a lane. And if the movie's in his lane, he really, really works. Like National Treasure, uh, Gone in 60 Seconds. Like if he can be kind of like a neurotic, but, you know, semi-serious guy with some intelligence, it kind of works. This isn't really in his lane this guy is not really who he is but i think that works in the sense of the movie like if it was like if it was billy bob thornton i don't think it works as well i think it's too authentic (laughs) or like someone like a beefier billy bob Thornton, just someone who knows how to talk like he's from alabama like the first thing he says like how's my baby This episode might break us. I just can't get over the fact the best, that Nicholas oh, Cage leading oh, up to yeah. this movie got himself prison jacked for this. Is in incredible shape. <laughs> Went down to Alabama and was like, I'm going to immerse myself in the culture in the name of nailing this role and just does not even come close. Do we like, think it is a legitimate there- effort? <laughs> Did someone down there like screw with him? And they're like, yeah, yeah, you got it. Yep. And a bunch of asshole teenagers yeah. that wanted to buy him to buy them booze. They're like, oh, like, yeah, we'll go, teach you yeah, how to talk here. <laughs> Just like do a little bit more. He's sitting at a shitty sports bar, like next to Harvey Updike. And it's just him and Harvey Updike. Just so when you say, when you say roll tide, what, what, what is this roll tide that you speak of? Is it tide or tide? <laughs> oh my god i'm gonna save my favorite actual like delivery line because i think it'll come up later in like best quotes so i don't want to 
spend it now, but that's, I'm really proud of him for putting in the work. Right. Like it, you know what? The opposite of John Malkovich, it, this deeply mattered to Nicolas Cage and still should. It's so bad. So bad. Last bit of IMDb trivia. I'm going to go. It's some other fun stuff. Like it's worth a read. Like, uh, so the, the Las Vegas scenes were filmed at the Sands when the production team heard about the city's intentions to raise the historic landmark, they immediately scheduled a multiple camera setup to take advantage of the rare event, which is actually what you see in the movie. Imagine that call coming into the production office. Like, Hey guys, they're, they're going to demolish the, the Sands hotel. It's like, we got to fucking go. We got to be there. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. I'm surprised it wasn't named like a national like monument, like a landmark site you know heritage site after filming there (laughs) you just walk out and there's still the back end of this plane sticking out of the half demolished (laughs) this is where they filmed con air (laughs) body count in this movie you guys have any guesses i mean they probably killed at least a thousand people on the strip (laughs) (laughs) that's that's the one that they i will say they do not acknowledge the collateral damage of the strip in this one I do appreciate uh, them like acknowledging the fact that like if we had just shot this plane full of convicts down over the desert, we would have killed 14 people. And instead, we are going to have a casualty count only rivaled by a Marvel movie. Uh, do you mean like ones that we see? So I'm not counting like like uh, like the Marietta Manglers like body count, right? No, yeah, talking about. Okay. yeah. In this two hours, people who die that we see. I would say like 15 or 16. I'll go 35. 43. What? A lot of corpses hanging out. I believe it. Yeah. Let's get into the, probably the most challenging category. I think most and least authentic parts of this film. All of it's perfect. No, no. Caroline, (laughs) I am no pun intended clearing the runway for you here. What is the most authentic or realistic part of this film? God, realistic. His accent. Um, <laughs> I'm not. Can I throw out something for for realistic? I, I just, them how they actually take the plane, like they they yeah, have this yeah, coordinated. Yeah. They have this coordinated plane. Like it's not out of the question that that would that that would work. Honestly, like they, I think Cyrus's plan and execution, like getting to the like when they switch them out at Carson city, it's, it's, you know, it's a pretty good plan. Um, I I think that that works. I think, um, the transponder stuff is actually, I think pretty realistic. I mean, in the sense, like if you could like finagle it and put it on another plane, like they thought through that stuff. And I appreciated that, uh, that, that they covered all their bases there. Um, I don't think many of the actual aviation things are super realistic. (laughs) What? No. Actually, and I was I think the intergovernmental uh, uh, cooperation is probably pretty realistic too. <laughs> so, so Caroline, I genuinely will like had that question walking through because we see this, it's like a central tenant of any movie that deals with multiple agencies, is there is always this unhealthy desire to claim whatever is happening as yours. Like so that's that's realistic. Like these agencies generally exist in a constant state of antagonism. Maybe not <laughs> to not to the extent of like you actually give your agent a gun to go on convict air. But uh, <laughs> I know. love how he sneaks it in there yeah. too. This is for you. 
Um, but like the, I think these are my like, prisoners. This is my crime scene. Like that. Yeah. Stuff. The and I think honestly, like there were some issues around after nine eleven where they talked about like, hey, we've really got to do better at sharing information between you know the three letter agencies and stuff like that. So I think it is a an ongoing because everyone wants to get the collar right. That's like the like even cop shows show that all the time where it's like the detective puts in all the work and they don't want the you know the vice assholes to get the collar when homicides put in all the legwork (laughs) all that they're gonna take us off this case man we gotta solve it (laughs) um so i think yeah like i don't know necessarily if dea and um department of corrections like hate each other that much but (laughs) yeah that's probably the only realistic thing so the, the believing that authentic, Monica Potter is pregnant. Let's, by let's by the way, if about... I can posit one for most authentic, <laughs> yeah. it is Agent Malloy parking in the handicap spot when we first meet him. Hundred percent. Yes. It's the international sign for being a fucking Adds dickhead. Up. Yes. And I and I only know that because so <laughs> like it's hit or miss for some reason at my house if the mailman will actually take my mail like outgoing mail, just the, the way, deal? just the way my mailbox, it's not like, you know, my parents where it had the flag on it, where you kind of, or like, you know, leave the door open or is that understood code. I got a weird box. It's just, so sometimes if I have like mail, I need to get there at the right time. I'll drive down the street and there's a mailbox by this office building that I will go and park and put it in. And I park in the handicap spot because it's the closest to the mailbox because I'm just running over there. Like I live in fear, kind of like going into the bathroom that I'll use that the minute someone comes up and needs it. But in this instance, I channel Malloy. But no, it is the international marker for guy in a douchey car that wants to park it in the most high vis spot, even in this setting. As kicker. And arguably the biggest asshole in the movie. He might be. He might be the worst person. In the movie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Thunderbolt Ross of this uh, <laughs> this situation we've got going on. Okay, you tell me he's good, but <laughs> I'm supposed to root for him. But did he shoot up in an apartment building trying to get up to the hole? <laughs> okay, least authentic. I we need to talk about just Cameron Poe ending up in jail. <laughs> In, in general. Yeah, the entire premise of the movie is so ridiculous just because one, again, I just had this jokingly, but the fact that we're supposed to believe that Monica Potter is one, pregnant, but two, pregnant enough that they know the gender of the baby because they said he says like, how's my baby girl? Um, like she looks like she just got like finished a, you know, 90 day abs program. Like, <laughs> she's completely flat stomach. But if the South is known for one thing, it's really <laughs> hating the troops. Yeah, it's it's the one it's the one guarantee with old Southern guys is they they'll walk right up to a soldier and tell him to go fuck himself. Just it's exactly how the South rolls. Why we lost Vietnam, <laughs> and then ch- chide them about a war that ended twenty years prior. Makes no sense. It's no, and I, and then that alone, you know sets up the fight where he defends himself against three men trying to attack him and his pregnant wife. And the one guy pulls a knife. The guy that he kills ends up killing by punching him in the face. Love it. Like <laughs> what is uh what is Henry Winkler's character in Arrested Development, the the terrible lawyer? 
it's not it's not blah, blah 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 but that's basically yes. what Cameron's lawyer the is like lawyer in the world the, could literally not the worst have lawyer gotten in the South. everything more wrong he's like you plead guilty he goes you're gonna serve maybe a year maybe <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to plea it down. He's like, I mean, you can't, we can't say not guilty that you were, you know, you killed this man. Uh, and then the 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 judge says, I, I like wrote this down. Um, I was, yeah, I was gonna ask this too. Like, uh, okay, yeah. With your, <laughs> with your military skills, you are a deadly weapon and not subject to the same laws, sir. That is not accurate. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, there's might be, I don't, I just can't see that we, okay. When we, first of all, we don't get the same, I don't get the same training. It's like, I'm not a ranger. Um, they can kill people. <laughs> they've, they've been trained how to, you know, fight. He did not, he punched the man in the face in self-defense. Like there's no situation in which he's like, you can't self, you can't defend yourself because you've had some training. Like that's the craziest bullshit I've ever yeah, heard. I'm supposed to just continue what? to get my ass whooped in the rain. This is all. <laughs> Maybe get yeah. my wife killed or like assaulted. Like that's just fine. Like also, oh my god, where is this bar? They're like in a like an industrial park. He takes a boat to get there. Well, I will say this in his uniform. Trisha does just like start dancing and leave the crowded bar in the middle of her shift. <laughs> like <laughs> And just like one of those things, she's acting like, oh yeah, no one else is going to need service at this point. Didn't ask anyone. Like this was as simple as her asking someone else, hey, can you cover for me? My husband just came home from war. Yeah. Also, if she knew this was happening, why is like, take Take the the night night off. off. (laughs) Don't meet at the bar. Like why are why are we having this rendezvous at the bar? Let's get a nice hotel room. Then, Let's just be at our place. This is it all happens in like six minutes of screen time. Like this is what we're talking about when it like hits the ground running. It's like, hello, he killed a man. The judge is like, can't do that. <laughs> yeah, so now he's in prison. Killing bad. <laughs> <laughs> but he said so that obviously I'm just so uh oh my god. Um I'm trying the rest, the rest of my I feel like up. if we got if if we got yeah, if we if we got too much in the weeds with least authentic, like we'd be here for three hours. Like that's the only thing where the authenticity is like head scratching yes. this movie. Like maybe they could have figured out a different way to get him thrown in the They slip. could have done something where in this would have, I think, turned into a better arc. But again, do we want that? Uh if he had some sort of troubled early past and was rehabilitated through his time in prison i think that's a different like maybe well, he she, was a bad she does kind of hint at that where she says i was afraid of that guy yeah. coming back which she talks to him the same way will ferrell's wife in old school talks about frank the tank like oh yeah we don't want that guy coming back out and he just gives her the same water under the bridge honey answer like, we don't want you killing more people in yeah. bars honey <laughs> yeah and he but he barely said or did anything. He like looked at the guy and she's like, I thought the same guy was coming back out. And I was like, didn't even like say anything to it. It was just so hilarious. Honey, so if ridiculous. I had a dollar for how many times we buried a guy outside of a bar, <laughs> I'd be rich. We can't shout can't out have to that the other bar back. worker who just comes out and immediately pronounces him dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this dead, guy's trust dead. me. I've seen this many times at this bar. <laughs> this man is dead. <laughs> 
And I know this guy. He's the one who always talks shit about Vietnam. <laughs> Just over there sputtering over. about about his war theories. <laughs> I will say the one the one oh, thing man. for me as we'll get into this later on as far as least realistic. I have spent a lot of time researching plane weights and watching World's Strongest Man videos. 14 men in a tractor versus this plane in the desert. Like, I, I, I got real deep in the weeds on this one, so we're going to have to spend some time here because the C-123 provider, <laughs> while not apparently the heaviest plane on Earth, is still going to be, I think, a challenge given that it is deeply grounded in that sand. Yeah. Yeah, that would have taken them more than the 10 to 12 minutes that Bing rains eyeballs from the top of that berm. Like, he just happens to look and he's like, I say about 10 to 12 minutes. It it was a remarkable (laughs) bit of scouting. It really was. But, yeah, yeah. I I don't know. If you guys guys want to do this now, we can. But, like, all right, let's, let's, no, I let's, let's save, save it. it. We'll, we'll save it. Let, let's dive into what works. So speaking of Ving Rhames, let's just talk about the cast of this movie, the cast of this plane, the, the roster of the plane, like the nicknames, oh Billy Bedlam, family murderer, diamond dog, <laughs> which by the way, like blew up an NRA meeting, like free my, yeah. free my man. <laughs> right. Uh, like- <laughs> Cyrus, but at the beginning of this, I was like, <laughs> some of these like, kind of like, like they kind of seem like their hearts were in the right place. Yeah, like <laughs> ahead of his time, like uh, Cyrus the virus, like Malkovich, just a king, amazing. Uh, yeah. Pinball Parker, like Chappelle, on the way up to being one of the most important people in entertainment, like Danny Trejo, just. Let, I mean, Johnny 23 is, is gross. <laughs> like, He's terrible. He and horrible. I think I've heard Johnny or um, that Danny Trejo is just like an absolute. Doll. Oh yeah. So like him actually playing this role. Like he was, he was con- not convinced. I'm convinced is not the right word. He just played that like heebie-jeebies yeah. Johnny Vente Trace like so well. And the, and the tattoos and the way that he. Um, I mean, four yeah. years later, he's the, the beloved uncle in Spy Kids. Like he range. can, Danny Danny Trejo, yeah, tons of range. But I mean, Mike, the the roster of this film, the roster of the plane when they're when they're breaking it out, like it's an NFL. It's like the the uh, Sunday Night Football where they're saying where they're from. It reminds you Fabio. that this is at its core, like Caroline talked about. Is it a disaster movie? It is a heist movie. And what does every heist movie have? A very detailed reading of the roster with a bio breakdown, and in this one, like. Chappelle's the only violator because I believe he says his own nickname when he gets onto the plane, but everyone else gets introduced. We get a little quip. Like it very much follows the template of every heist movie. The Marietta man. Cyrus the virus. He claims that he killed more men than cancer. (laughs) The Marietta Mangler sounds like it'd be like a Georgia linebacker from the 1950s. (laughs) The Marietta Mangler yeah. terrorized halfbacks. <laughs> you just start hearing the old NFL films music start playing. <laughs> just one bar on the helmet. Caroline, what else worked about this one? Why do we keep coming back to this, you know, almost 20 years later? I just think it's the nonstop action and just pure ridiculousness of it. Like, there's enough that you kind of like I said like the actual takeover of the plane is actually kind of like an interesting cool scene like how they make it work and the 
the pit you know i mean it's one of those like you know it's gonna happen they're not just gonna have a movie about this like delightful nice flight to the supermax prison like <laughs> um, but the line delivery the lines themselves the delivery is fantastic it's just like the one of my favorite lines that is just so ridiculous is when um nicholas cage is trying to convince fing rames that he shouldn't listen to john uh, malkovich whatever and he's like yeehaw how's it going hillbilly what you, he's like what are you thinking and he was like what was i just thinking oh yeah yeehaw that's right <laughs> it's like the absolute dumbest line and i like rewind it every time and just go oh yeah yeehaw that's right um but it's just that and you look at it too and it's just so time capsule for me i don't know i said capsule like that capsule um but you know you look at so nick chinland who played um billy bedlam was in one of to me what is one of the like iconic early x-files episodes uh irresistible he was donnie faster so i don't know like what you know <laughs> if you guys watch x-files at all but my sister and i watched it a ton and he was a, he was one of the creepiest bad guys and he was a creepy bad guy that was a human like it wasn't like this real paranormal storyline to it but he was a like death fetishist it was very creepy worked in a funeral home um and so he pops up and i'm like donnie faster holy crap and he's like the only other thing he's really and he's been a couple other things here and there but um and it's just like that cast i think if they if they cast any single role differently it doesn't hit the same for me and I don't know, that's coming from someone who's not like, you know what I want? A movie with Nick Cage and John Cusack playing like action heroes. John Cusack wears sandals with socks the whole okay, time. Thank like it's you. All, every single thing of it's perfect. Thank, thank you for bringing that up. I literally did the what are those when John Cusack makes his entrance to the movie. <laughs> Blown away. He wears, he wears my dad's hiking shoes. Cusack is like, he's kind of like, I'm kind of curious what they, because he's kind of like, he's kind of a cheese dick but he's also kind of our most heroic law enforcement officer in this one, aside from, from Sally Bishop. Like it's kind of, I'm not entirely sure they, they had an idea of what they wanted this guy to be. So it's kind of just like, be a little off and, and but also and have fun. very intelligent. Like as everyone else in this it's movie true. is sort of like lashing around and writhing, especially on like the, you know, the good guy side of this because the criminals very much have their shit together, like tactical geniuses at almost every juncture of this thing. Yeah. And then yeah, for yeah, the good yeah, guys, he's the only one that's like, hey, putting all of these things together to realize that Nicolas Cage is on our side in this thing. Like he's the one actual advantage that they even later on when we get to the gulch where the military might is overrun by these criminals john cusack's the one calling them like no bad things are going to happen i have seen what the people in fatigues cannot yeah yeah and it's it's also an interesting i don't want to give it too much credit but an interesting commentary on the prison process and prison because he's the one that is saying like oh they're animals they're not animals like they're still you know and it gets Cole Meany who just like again the Thunderbolt Ross of this movie who's like he's got he gives all the tree hugger and he at one point as a sociology major which is very offensive (laughs) he's like what do we got a sociology major over here and I was like listen buddy (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but you know it's that same where he's like trying to understand he tries to understand why Nicolas Cage stayed on the plane, why he's doing the things that he's doing. Like, you know, and again, not to give it too much credit, but that is the, he's saying that you're the walking, talking version or his daughter is the reason to rehabilitate. Like you're the guy that 
again, he should not have gone to prison. So it's a very weird, they have a weird way of trying to make this point to us. I like, mean, in its own way, the movie is kind of a scathing indictment of the prison industrial complex in this country. <laughs> Ahead of its time, baby. Like we're we're making some social yeah. commentary here. We're making our making an making an impact. I mean, I think kind of with with Cusack being the one guy on the law enforcement side who's like figuring things out and put it, it what works about this movie is that like the quote unquote the good guys, they're playing from behind yeah. the whole time. Like it's very and it, it again, back to Malkovich. Like it starts with that it helps it like the character, the character of Cyrus the virus, like that is a ridiculous, crazy, psychotic human, but he is very grounded. He is very serious. He is very intelligent. You do not feel that he has any cracks in his, in his plan, in, in his conviction at all. And you need that. You need to feel like this is a very tough to win situation because like on the surface, it's a ridiculous kind of plan. Like, we're going to steal this plane. We're going here. We're going here. You need to be like, oh, this might be the smartest guy in this movie. And he could really, you have to believe that Cyrus could pull this off. And he's always going to be one step ahead. So it's like Cameron Poe and Cusack are our only chance. Like, the only people. Like, they have to be that. And if Sandino ahead. wasn't such a rat, he probably gets out of there. Like, <laughs> like. I mean, that's our that's our one crack in the Cyrus the virus thing. Like, yeah, yeah. He just his lines. I just Mal, you're absolutely right. You said it's a Malkovich movie. Just like when he delivers, like when they take the plane, and he goes, "Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. I have the only gun on board. Welcome to Con Air." <laughs> like, ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. I have the only gun on board. <laughs> Welcome to Con Air. Leo, Leo pointing at the screen. Ah, ah. <laughs> and he says, like, you know, later on, he's just saying that when they figure out the DEA agent, who, again, plays that horribly, just really poorly done, buddy. Um, he's like, if you're DIA, DEA, what are you doing here? They won't pay to fly you commercially. That's if he's, like, being shipped on Con Air. It's beautiful. I love it. It, it. it was such a reminder of time and place too, like you guys mentioned, because like why this movie is so deeply rewatchable and why it was so popular, like especially when I was growing up, because like before we got to now where if you were to like categorize the larger societal obsessions that have come in like the podcast era, it's been true crime. Like it's been largely the murder side of it whereas when i was growing up it was beyond scared straight and our obsession with prison like we were kind of like that's always sort of an area that people have been curious about and this movie gives you the most unrealistic peer inside of this process but it's like oh okay like this situ- scenario is pretty believable and then you've got an all-star cast of people that make it even more incredible to watch but yeah i mean the plot itself is is something that like what if prison, but on a plane and the prisoners take control of the plane? Like the like stakes that, are just so much higher because you're in the air. <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible. The Something else that works, this movie had a chance to lose me completely. And there are movies like it always did. Not having Buscemi kill that girl 
is huge. Yeah. The first time you watch this, you're like, oh, oh no, yeah. please no. Because like even that girl is on her cocaine energy stuff. She's like, guys, she got the whole. Where did world. she like, come from? Why is she so dirty? It took me a long time. Yeah, though, like man. I didn't notice the trailer park in the background for a long. I'm just like, oh. is she a ghost? Is he hallucinating? <laughs> and then I was looking in the background. I was like. Oh, okay. They've got the, you know, whatever airfield trailer park right there. But- learner. Come on, Mike. Yeah. Learner airfield. <laughs> the learner. Airfield Legendary learner. Park. But yeah, no, I was with Kyle. Like, she's so dirty. She's playing in this abandoned pool. And I'm like, oh, okay. I guess <laughs> there's her house right there. Yeah. Just couldn't, just couldn't have, couldn't have Buscemi kill her. And like, I also that was such a- <laughs> when Cyrus is like, buddy, we don't, I don't do rapists. Like, no, sir. I was like, yeah, yeah, Cyrus. Yeah. Put the foot down as someone who's proud that you've cl- killed more people than cancer <laughs> why that's the moral high ground i'm like you got it yeah you tell him i mean it's it's very it's another point in this movie's favor that the johnny the way johnny 23 goes out is like very deserving of, of that person yeah. like losing his arm and dying in a plane crash like that's that's about as that's about how that how that guy needed to go mm-hmm. um the the last thing that worked for me that I want to touch on is when uh when Cage is murdering Billy Bedlam in cold blood. They've got like an inspirational score going, and then he ends it with, "Why couldn't you put the bunny back, back in the box?" <laughs> that moment alone deserved an Oscar. The the music cues, um, like when Baby O's like not no longer dying of insulin shock, but now dying because he got shot in the stomach. Um, and says like that he no longer believes in God, which came out of nowhere. Like there was no real like religious theme throughout this movie, despite Nicolas Cage's hair choices. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he's like, "I'm going to prove to you God does exist." And it's like, like it's just like hitting these like electric guitar riffs as he's like marching up the tube takes a bullet to the arm and doesn't even flinch just keeps going oh my god there's um, incredible music choices no notes no 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 notes for what didn't work Caroline, I know you said this, you know, this one is pretty perfect. Is there anything that stands out as like, nah? Yeah, in like a series, not like there's, it is 1997 and there's a few racist and homophobic things that don't carry into 2020. Like the way that they, I mean, even the nickname Sally can't dance and like the first thing that they want to do when they get somewhere is find a dress. Like it's just very condescending and I don't think holds up well at all. Um, And like when they use uh, pinball as a message system, and the cop that calls Larkin is like, well, I don't think he's an astronaut. It's kind of like, <laughs> um, but I mean, but honestly for a movie that was 1997 with heavy prison themes, I actually think it's not as unwatchable or rewatchable as potentially could have been if handled by other actors and stuff like that. But those two, mo- like there's a few moments where you're like, uh, um, but those, those are probably the only two like real ones that don't work for me. Like the, the stuff that's ridiculous is like when, oh, this doesn't work for me. Do you know how close the <laughs> airport in Vegas is to the strip? <laughs> you <laughs> they almost her- had to go out of their way. <laughs> <laughs> I sent a screenshot of the Google maps. It's like a mile. Like I'm not even kidding. It's a mile. And that's like, if you take the roads that go out of the airport to get to the strip. So like that's how just dare like, you impugn swamp things navigational they, systems. They even said like, can you see? They're like, we cleared all the runways. And he's like, can't do it. Sorry. 
It's like right there. <laughs> Swamp Thing in that whole sequence is just incredible too. Like how quickly he just takes the conceit of like, all right, someone else is in charge of this now. Like I'll just land the plane wherever. Like I, you know, I kind of gave Puts up hope of getting on. out of this a while ago. I'm gonna wear my little metal helmet and just try and hit a couple cars. I'm just here to have fun, guys. I'm just I'm just here to fly. That, that's all I'm here for. Um, so at the end, I had forgotten about this. Casey is not feeling that reunion at all. I mean, which like realistic, but like you think at the end of the movie, it would be, they would do the oh daddy, but like even at the after, I didn't realize that there's never even like a true embrace. She's like, oh, like, I don't like the think bunny about her out of day. the sewer. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Think about her day. There's one thing that kids hate doing. It is sitting around somewhere. So first, they're just sitting around. This is pre-tablet. She has no entertainment. She doesn't even have a fucking Game Boy. So she's sitting around. And then John Cusack takes them in the office and says, do you have any idea why you wouldn't get off the plane? There's been these problems. He's talking about all this serious stuff. Then they drive them to Vegas Kid, again, no entertainment, no Game Boy, no tablet. She's in Vegas. She is probably ass tired. It's late at night. It's her birthday. She well. got no cake. It's her you know? birthday. She's on lack of sleep. And then this grimy dude who she has never met gives her a sewer bunny. He is covered in blood. And, and that's his haircut. Like, truly realistic. But, like, I can't believe that they didn't just go, like, throw realism out the window and be like yeah she'd probably be happy to see this guy but like she is not not happy whatsoever to see him i will say that all to me like still less ridiculous than the fact that again if we're going to go back to the original conceit from this movie that they are not willing to transport the two people that are like well him that's on parole that's going to get out of here and the diabetic on any other mode of transportation than the one with the serial killers, but the U.S. government is willing to spend money in jet fuel. Oh, we've got the jet for the mom and daughter of the criminal on the plane so that they can get here and have a conversation we could have had on the fucking phone. Like, I, I'm just sitting here no, like no, they continue no, no. to fund their travel, but they put dad on this plane. I Speaking of the diabetic, I will say there was a little little concern on my part now as a diabetic dog owner. I'm not diabetic, the dog is. That's, this is they, very like as a father of a daughter energy. Yes, excuse <laughs> me. As a, someone who has to give insulin shots to my dog twice a day, uh, they were very haphazard with his uh, insulin needs. Like this, like, oh, we'll get you on the plane. And he has to remind people he hasn't gotten it since last night. That's not good for you. You can't do that. And then not to mention, uh, Nicholas Cage is giving him snowballs, like the can the sweets in the prison in the beginning. This is your diabetic friend. Why are you giving him candy? Like you can't eat that. Or I mean, sorry, like if they're not regulating his insulin, I'm concerned about his intake of the hostess cupcake-like things. Like that's just, you know, it gave me a lot of extra stress. Like, and, for the rest of the movie, you're right. He's very concerned, but he's more than happy while he's mopping the floor to just yak a couple of snowballs. Just, <laughs> like, were they taking care of him better there? Are there doctors? This just seems like, again, I don't know, because it seems like a very, system. very poorly run prison as well. Yes, I mean, again, we talk fires. about fire, <laughs> mattress fire. Nothing like writing a writing a love letter to the 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 smooth candlelight of a flaming mattress. 
those <laughs> letters oh my god but just I was just like and these actually though the scene where like they all stepped on his insulin gave me anxiety um just as like trying to track it down from Costco the first of every month is hard enough. Like I can't imagine if there was like a fight that broke out on my prison convoy. Well, I mean, to, like, to, to go even a step further, when Nicolas Cage finally finds the syringe later in the movie inside the airplane hangar and then makes the mad dash through the war-torn gulch with it and is just doing all these action moves while holding a single syringe. <laughs> how the other ones broke anyway this is like way too much where it was just like the syringes should hold up pretty well they've got caps on usually have caps on either end for sterileness anyway i was a little concerned about their treatment of baby how is it for his diabetes but, yeah i also i never realized that baby o was bubba from forest yeah and we get a we get a just shot basically a shot for shot i mean one of our the most famous scenes of forest gump is you know Bubba saying he wants to go home, bleeding out in Vietnam. Um, probably, I mean, had to have pissed off that guy that that Cameron killed. Uh, but then, um, but then, same thing. He's bleeding out on the plane. I mean, he, he lives, which is wonderful. But, thank goodness. Uh, thank. I know that that was that Buscemi not killing that girl and Baby O surviving <laughs> like save this this film's humanity. I love it. Like they put Baby O in the in the ambulance later on. Like, oh, you're gonna be fine. You were just in diabetic shock. And you've been shot for about an hour of real time, but ah, go on, King. It's fine. You'll be and okay. they also they also insinuate that he has a very long time on his prison sentence left, so like he's just going right back to the slayer. <laughs> I feel like if you like help break up the happenings of Con Air, you should get some time taken off your sentence, right? Oh, that's. I mean, someone's got to pardon him. Not if you send him back to that judge, you'd be like, yep, sorry. (laughs) Still bad guy. Many years of jail. (laughs) They go in for his parole (laughs) hearing and it's the sweaty, nervous lawyer that that (laughs) Nicholas Cage had at the beginning. He's like, I was was wrong before. I'm just going to assume they're giving you life. (laughs) I'll be be honest, man. I I think you're going to get more time from this (laughs) whole ordeal. <laughs> just plead guilty and he's like what this whole movie though just as an aside is so human like i just get the vibes of this whole movie is just very human like everyone's sweaty it just looks very sticky like at all times which is funny because it's in the desert i know <laughs> it feels like just john cusack looks like he's in like savannah in july <laughs> man Cusack needs dry fit technology like no one's business in this movie. He, I How mean, many that, times that white does shirt. he almost get killed by something like blowing off of another piece of metal, like the door in the prison, the multiple times it feels like in the the gulch. Of... <laughs> yeah, they, I, all the cops in this movie, besides potentially Cusack, all at their jobs. Terrible. But like the guys, it's like when they're coming into the airfield, it's like, I listen, I not everyone's a tactical genius, but it's like, Hmm, let's go through this narrow path where we all have to get in one single <laughs> the line. Funnel. They funneled them into this ambush. Tough. It's Tough. incredible. Uh, well, and how did, how did Cyrus, <laughs> the virus get sent the materials to make a liquid bomb and no one caught on. Like he I had mean, a spring loaded, like liquid based bomb that that guy was like, Ooh, let me open this thing. <laughs> not even more impressive than that is him creating i guess the fake cinder block to hide everything behind like andy dufresne could never 
That was incredible. If you want me to believe he's a super max candidate, like maybe just watch him a little closer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Tough, tough stuff. All right. Let's take a quick ad break. Perfect. (laughs) Let's take a quick ad break and and get back with best scene, which I moved to the back half of the show, assuming that we, you know, we, we would get there a little quicker. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Best scene. Best scene in a movie that doesn't really stop, which is tough. I mean, I'm going to do the same thing and I kind of run through chronologically. I tried to be picky. But a lot of it is, a lot of these are long extended sequences. Like, it's hard to chop up when they get to the airfield versus like what's going on in the airfield. But it just it just keeps going and going and going. Like, I guess in terms of scenes, like I, aside from the beginning, like the bar fight and then the prison letter montage, like when the prisoners break free, like Mike, that's when it's like, I guess for the context of this movie, that's like, okay, that's our first line. Like first first line, let's get going. Let let's start moving and having fun. Yeah, which might to me like make the answer to this maybe just like the introductory scene as they're loading them all onto the plane, just because it's one of the last concrete scenes that we get. And it also like we talked about Cyrus and why he feels like such a bulletproof villain is because we get his whole background. Like he got his JD while he was in jail, like did all this stuff, like. They, they get all of like the credentials for these guys set in the sand very early here. I would say that one or to what you brought up earlier, Kyle, the, the scene with Steve Buscemi in the desert with that girl. Cause it's just like the last real bit of time that we get with him. And it like, I don't know. It's the other real point of tension in the movie. I'm not sure why it exists, but it seems important. Yeah. Something we also didn't talk about was that, that like commonly gets brought up with this movie is uh, that guy walks free. That guy, he he gets away. Yeah. Yeah. And he's arguably, well, no, no. I mean, his, his entry scene is so wonderful because it's not just that he's the Marietta Mangler and that, it's he's like the other convicts going to the supermax prison think he's over the top you know what i mean like he's the one where they're like oh this guy this guy's coming on he's got the weird like hannibal lecter mask but the whole suit too so his hands are like in the little like they got to use oh, all the different terrifying. like turnstile things to yeah. get him out of there there's yes. multiple, like it does, does any of that 
like happen in real life or do these people just like hey concoct the most elaborate system of strapping someone down you can and play with that for this movie it had like the same vibes from like jurassic park when they're like taking the you're trying to get the raptors in the cage in the beginning you know like they had like those big things that they plug in and pull out the thing i don't know because yeah, my that... favorite reference is this and and hannibal lecter <laughs> the whole sequence like in in terms of best scene, the whole the Carson City prisoner transport, like that's a yes. really good. But it's not it's not like packed down into one scene really, because like it's going on for a long time and it's just going yeah. going going. But like it's great with the the sand going everywhere. And again, Malkovich in complete control. You have you like you don't believe for a second that he's not going to get that that plane's not taking off again. He's showing them his face. Like it's such yeah. a cool scene. Like the confidence that he has that he's completely like schooled them and is going to get away with it. And I also really like the scene where they talk to him on the plane for the first time um, where Cole Meany jumps on and he's like, Hey, I don't like him. If he speaks again, this conversation is terminated. And then by the end, he was like starting to piss them off by just being like, Oh, nothing makes me sadder than the age of lost and bladder of the, airplane <laughs> it's just like so for everything that he does from when he's trying to get out so ving rames get, gets out of his cage first when uh pinball releases him and john malkovich is in his just going ah <laughs> screaming <laughs> like while everything else is going to shit and he's just in his like prison cage screaming to, for them to let him out just making noise oh it's so good it's, it's steve so buscemi good. does have like an, an unreal like shout out to spencer hall on the full cast crew like a built different moment that shines at the <laughs> end of this when the plane's getting ready to crash in the strip and he goes back to singing i've got the whole world and all the rest the of the like you've got these hard asses on the plane who are confronted with their mortality that pissed down their leg. And that man just clearly does not give a shit if he lives or dies ever. Like none of that is real to him. We had that spelled out in a number of ways, but he's just sitting there with his stolen doll on the plane singing. He's got the whole world ready to just meet whatever maker he's got coming. He's like well, the one where he's like, I wore the one woman he killed. I wore her head as a hat for three States. Like, <laughs> how? Of all these convicts, like they're all twisted, but they all have the same intrinsic motivation of like, gotta get the fuck out of here. I'm I'm done with jail. Like, I want to get to this fantasy island, whatever that the the drug cartel is gonna get me to. This guy is like, I mean, he he is a certainly a beat of his own drum guy. Like that drum is made out of human skin. He's a inherently creepy, terrible person. But he's he's just he's in a he's on a different. He's the Joker than the rest of them. Yes. Yes, that I mean, per, just wants to watch the world burn. Do we think that Steve Buscemi's character in Armageddon is the same guy? <laughs> that, <laughs> that that is an incredible him, extended universe. They found him. Didn't they find him in Vegas in the casino, beginning of Armageddon, where <laughs> when they like collect them to? Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Oh no! Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I just. <laughs> But realistically, he legit like he gets away. Armageddon like, was made in 1998. <laughs> so maybe he just got into drilling after. I mean, he had to, you know, he's got he's got this money. You gotta think that he's like, I'm gonna buy myself like a nice like a little place. I, I want all this money gambling and 
I, I gotta, gotta lay Bruce low Willis? for a while. Yeah, gotta lay low for a while. Just gonna get a manual labor job and. No, oh, our guy shit. in Arm again was like way too sweet, and he like grew up on that oil rig with with um what's her name with Gracie. So I, but it's fun too. <laughs> I mean, getting back to best scene, once as soon as they crash in the airfield, it 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 just doesn't stop. Like you can't really. I was trying to pick, like I was doing, like, I guess you could say the I'm going to show you God does exist sequence is kind of a scene like him taking back the plane. Like we've been waiting for him to go full army ranger and just like kill a bunch of people or not, you know, get through a bunch of people. But then that like that goes into flight going down in the strip. Like, is that its own separate scene? And then we have a a fucking chase where a convict and and a DA agent hop on police motorcycles and chase down a fire truck that is manned by three escaped convicts on the Las Vegas Strip. It is yeah, they project they catapult him. First of all, they stuck like a a broom through his leg. That looks like the most painful thing in the history of Nick, like Nick Cage stuck that broom through his leg while unnecessarily holding a one arm pull up and then going to single hand fight him from underneath that thing. It was the most unnecessary show of force in that movie. And that's saying something. If that was a combine performance, it would have thrust him into the first round. They'd be like, this is one of those freaks, man. You could teach him to do anything. He just jogs into the tunnel after that one. He's like, I'm not, I'm done working out for today. It's just, it's an extended death scene. That is one of the best villain death scenes in any of these like action movies, because you get the chase, he gets beat to hell, gets attached to the ladder, gets run through a pedestrian bridge which, like that connects two casinos, which then catapults him somehow because the, the rest of the convoy, the Brinks truck and whatever, ends up just on the other side and they're still in the strip. He gets thrown into like a factory yard. Oh no, first Don't he gets thrown through from. electrical wires and <laughs> <Yes>. electrocuted. <laughs> And then into this factory yard, don't know where it came from, where he perfectly lands on like a conveyor belt that leads just his head to this big smashy thing that he wakes up just enough time to see that he's going to get smashed. Like, and then that's it's, insane. Like, which incredible. criminal in this one gets it the worst? Like, so we can just kind of run through it. So pinball gets, I guess what he gets sucked up into the wheel. Like when he's trying to run and catch the plane. So that would not have been like remotely like where he was and how fast they were going. I did appreciate whatever dummy they used for dead Dave Chappelle in that. (laughs) I hope he got to keep that because the face is incredible. It's amazing. Um, Billy Bedlam gets impaled on that, that random pipe. Uh, Johnny 23 gets uh i guess dies in the the plane crash but also his arm comes off during uh so that's tough um diamond dog gets what is it the the motorcycle like yeah, yeah the motorcycle he, oh, just explodes on contact yeah. <laughs> yeah and uh uh swamp thing also a great nickname mc Ganey. uh he gets drowned in the cabin of the truck that and then shot out the front shot out the front of it yeah (laughs) i think i would have to say cyrus has it the worst because of the the thing the stabbing through the the leg yes i think it's Uh, cyrus or johnny 23 for me and if depending on how uh they don't really go into the character but the one that that dave Chappelle lit on fire 
mm. feel bad for him too because also the just, subject I of mean, a bunch of very racist native american talk yes no, oh, extremely. Yes. And it's when you you go back and you realize that Chappelle improvised most of that. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. some some of what's okay. gone on in Chappelle's recent stand up starts to make a little bit more sense. Then, yeah. <laughs> so, like, oh. Caroline, how do we pick a best scene in this one? Like how uh, normally like when we, you know, in the past, like in, even in beer fest, we've had our set, you know, we said like we've had our yeah. landfill funeral and all in all this stuff like this one is so it flows. It's like a river. It's like a, it's yeah, like a river it feel, of cocaine. It really does feel like one long, long scene. But in, at the same time, that's why this is also why it's wild that it doesn't feel like it drags. But I think my, I think my favorite scene is probably the intro bit. Um, and also when he steps off the bus and looks into the sunlight and the, the wind blows his luscious locks, like um, that has to be up there. I'm just like doing it just like, it, like he just looked right into the sun and shuck his go shuck the locks that Caroline absolutely right. You don't need to have that haircut in jail. Like no one says you got to grow a mullet, but no one's making that's what you those do that. rowdy yeah. teenagers who are teaching him the bad accent told him in Alabama. It's like, oh yeah, everyone everyone grows a mullet <laughs> yeah. in prison. Fuck you talking <laughs> about everyone has these. Everyone has these, man. Mike, what's the best scene in this one? I think for me, it's when it starts with diamond dog guesstimating how far away those guys are <laughs> and then goes to 10 to 12 minutes tops. tops and in that time 14 men a tractor and six ropes pull this plane out of here and i have spent so much time researching how what the weight of a c1 i think it's a so I have wrote the name of the plane down here. It's a C-123 provider that, according to Google, weighs about 29,900 pounds. I'm not sure how accurate that is. But just for reference, if you go back and watch World's Strongest Man, the latest plane pull that I saw was um, in 2017. They pulled a plane. It was a military plane. I forget the make. Uh, I think it was, oh, it was, a, it was a Lockheed AC-130 gunship, weighs I was going to say it was definitely a C-130 if they're doing it. It weighs 155,000 pounds. And one man with a rope situated on the front reel was able to pull it about 100 yards on a perfectly flat airstrip. But even all of the issues I have with them pulling this thing out of a down ditch in the sand with those things involved, that is not what makes this scene the greatest. What makes this scene the greatest is that for a brief moment, you get the shot of Diamond Dog whipping the other prisoners so that they will pull harder. And there's a tractor that's up on two wheels. Yes. Where do they get all of these things? Like, instead of helping, Diamond Dog's just, nope, gotta whip them. The strongest man there is not helping. <laughs> well, I, it's gotta be, it's him or Viking, that, like, white, big, long-haired white guy who only kind of gets introduced in there feel like he's got some strength in there but yeah i mean it's it's 1a 1b at very least yeah and i mean and that goes right into the like the firefight too like it's just a it one thing after another in this one i also really enjoy i know we briefly hit on this but the letter writing scene um is just so ridiculous in the beginning that he he writes like a first grader um but he's he's saying things like I am, however, torn apart. Like, it's just, it's narrated in this monotone, terrible Alabama accent. And he's like, dear Casey, I am so excited to meet you. I hope things are going good. And I am 
so excited you're my baby girl and it's, then it's like, like he's a he's a civil war soldier away from <laughs> away from home who received who only has like a rudimentary education <laughs> like you can't tell the difference between like what she wrote and what he wrote and to me like and this is if you'd say like okay he's writing that way because he's writing to a first grader the first letter is to his wife who is an adult woman <laughs> like you don't need to be like i am however torn apart my baby girl it is just the funniest like it absolutely kills me every single time and there's just so many i also think the other like short quick scene is sandino's death like so he tries to escape with this like plane cyrus the virus is like hey that's my plane <laughs> like vince larkin's running around getting blown up by like jet engines and runs over and somehow knows immediately how to work that big crane and drops on the top and knocks off the back of him like fuse a lot like this whole thing and he has him like there's just gasoline at this old gas station and he's trying to say all this stuff there's like no Cyrus, i was coming to get you <laughs> like he thought that was going to be convincing like oh i was trying to get up to rotate speed but i was coming to get you yeah yeah, yeah. and he's like sigh and he goes anara and flicks the mat with like the cigarette and a match and like blows him up looks like you missed your connection we were, we were coming to get you please sigh anara and it's just like the best like oh i hope that was improvised because give malkovich his oscar like how did he not win something for this it's like the best performance it's, ever it's an incredible it, it truly is i think i'm going with the plane landing on the strip to fire truck chase just because like really like you're you have this ridiculous movie and all this stuff happens but it's like like literally and figured it, how are you going to land this plane? How are you going to live up to everything you have come up with? And it like, let's land it in the middle of Vegas. And then let's have an ending where they're, they're chasing on a fire truck with police bikes and cage is in a wife beater with his hair flowing, driving this, this police bike. Like, I think it's, it's one of our great movie endings. Like put it in the library of Congress. Like they, well, they and figured out even... the craziest thing. It's not even the ending because the ending is how do I <laughs> get through? Well, okay, and that also ties into the whole like I only trust two men, me and you're not the other one. Like, and then at the end, he's like Vince Larkin. There are now three men I trust, and he's like, "Am I one of them?" <laughs> he shakes his hand. Like, <laughs> it's just so. <laughs> It's was so was great. Trisha Yearwood with Garth Brooks at that point? Because it's oh, kind of because at know. that point, at that point, I think he's he's like our most famous entertainer on the planet. Like he's our guy. Like he's just in his dad flannels and selling out like Central Park and the bucket whatever. hat. <laughs> yeah, like Garth and a. I mean, I'm I'm going off the off the rails here, but like Garth and a cameo as one of those prisoners is the one thing that would just make oh. this movie. Because yeah, I mean, he he would love oh, it. Oh. <laughs> just perfection uh, i'm trying i'm still like i'm like looking through my notes to make sure they're well, like I, put the money back in the box just iconic oh i, I mean well, and like the fact that all of this like we said this is a john mal like like in all of what we've talked about here and the fact that we said this is a john malkovich movie and the best part is that he is 
the premier actor in this movie. He is the premier criminal in this movie. And yet in two instances, first, when they are making the exchange, he is just mask off, not being noticed by any of these people in all of this. The most famous guy on board, they're like, nope, never heard of him. And then at the end of the movie, the most famous criminal simply army crawls from underneath the plane and sneaks off <laughs> into this fire truck. All the rest of the people are like, oh yeah, I guess we got all of them. Like, we're only missing the guy who's the known ringleader of this that gets away. Also, like, I'm not a... I'm not a fireman. Like that's it's not my profession. It why do they just often just leave the truck keys in? Is there do we not need a no. guy at home base? I I don't know, but at the same time, security of things that you would otherwise deem necessary to secure pre 9-11 does always baffle me like just the way we used to operate in airports was pretty like yeah you know vibes based economy so you could go to gates that still blows my mind you could just like walk someone to their gate and you're like let's go hang out together yeah i mean (laughs) 9-11 like it it ended a a big time rom-com trope the the gate the gay thing. That's why it set it up. They he he had to run in done. there while they're in the in the uh, in security line. <laughs> Top Gun 2's Glenn Powell. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. We did it. We did it. Mail <laughs> <laughs> I will say. So I was in class last weekend, and I was sitting at a table with a couple uh, other former aviator buddies, and I was like, "Have you guys seen the Top Gun 2 trailer?" And well, the guy joins us and he said and we we're like oh we're talking about the new tom gun 2 trailer he goes oh i watched it this morning <laughs> like not it was just not the day that it came out just like this is how we are mentally we're just like oh yeah definitely I've watched it 45 times <laughs> like and then we're just like going i over think i've points. watched it at least four times like it, 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 it looks not, maybe not amazing. the whole thing but yeah it looks i mean our guy doing the Iceman mm. thing which mm. when we originally i mean just to just I think we've we're kind of putting together a whole pre Top Gun two podcast, but we're just doing it at the end of these episodes. But yeah. we kind of t- we kind of talked about we weren't really sure if he would do like the whole Iceman thing because he j- we just like him so much and like that seems to be what he's doing. Seems like we're getting asshole Glenn, which is going to be interesting. it's going to be awesome. And I just will also shout out that it's awesome that there is a woman in a role that's not a love interest i mean she might end up being a love interest in which case good for her but she's also a fucking pilot which is awesome um so i was like yes <laughs> get it um, we love that yeah, anyway we love that. absolutely okay we, we did it we, we made we made yes. top gun 2 happen best quote and oh, a, a nearly impossible category um caroline i'm gonna lean on you so i think put the bun back in the box has to be up there just for the ridiculous factor. Um, because I think it's something that like, you can say that and that's something that people know exactly what you're talking about. Like if you throw some of the other lines out there, like, I don't know that those hit as hard as, um, that one. Oh, I will say, I really like, this is completely the, um, Falzone. I think his name was the guard, the male guard that, uh, Bing Rames asked him, Diamond Dog asked him what the movie was, the in-flight movie was for flight. And he goes, oh, you'll love it. It's I'll never make love to a woman on the beach again. And it's preceded by the award-winning classic, No Steak for Me, ever. 
I absolutely love that. Um, but yeah, I think put the bunny back in the box. I've said a couple of the other ones. Um, I loved Cyrus saying, I never think that far ahead. It's also, um, and when Billy Bedlam goes, you know what I am? And Nicholas Cage goes, ugly all day. <laughs> These are all the other ones that I've written down. Oh Again, my God. that was it's the Alabama ridiculous. teens too. That was them being like, yeah. oh, everyone said that's the best comeback right now. Yeah. Oh. Mike, oh, what's your go-to things. quote in this it, one? It, it is definitely, you know, it, it, drop the bunny. Like any reference to the bunny in this movie. And that's the thing is like, I didn't get it right there. You don't have to get it right. You just do a bad Alabama accent. You yeah. reference the bunny and everyone goes, oh yeah, you're referencing Con Air. So with that on the medal stand, as Caroline did, I will give a shout out to Nicolas Cage saying, well, hooray for hooray for the sounds of fucking silence. Um, <laughs> when he says, what do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to save the fucking day. And I'm afraid my daughter won't understand. If you talk to my wife again, you tell her I love her. She's my hummingbird. But I couldn't leave a fallen man behind. He'll do that for me, won't you, Larkin? Sure I will. What are you going to do for me? What do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to save the fucking day. <laughs> I, let me tell you, I've seen this movie a thousand times. And I had a little bit of wine when I did my rewatch. But I, like fist pumped in my hand i was like yes like i love this it's i will say i forgot one it was when uh he was trying to figure out if he was gonna leave the plane or not and sally bishop was like or um guard bishop was like you know oh you you have a daughter to get to and he goes what would my little girl think of me if i left you to get dishonored and die <laughs> so who wrote these Oh, incredible oh, there's there's one that's just all delivery by cage he like he, he sits back down and bishemi is like near him and just hi garland yes yes <laughs> yes and then Bye. also bishemi going full weird guy most murders are crimes of necessity rather than desire <laughs> but the great ones Dahmer, gacy bundy did it because it excited them but Chevy really did have a bunch of gems in this movie. My like, well, and you get the one of the favorite too, which was also I found in some trivia online. He goes, "Define irony: a bunch of idiots dancing on a plane to a song made famous by a band that died in a plane crash." And like, the internet's very quick to point out to you: only three members of Leonard Skinner died in that crash. <laughs> Seven walked away. I'm like, God damn you, jackals! Is that not enough? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a majority so the it great count, thing <laughs> about buscemi is like he's in this and he's this like twisted kind of but like very even keel serial killer like you know this guy has a filthy switch and we don't see him we we don't see him do anything bad in this one like you you think he's gonna break bad and somebody think he might kill that girl or do something like twisted like rip someone's guts out or something and nothing like he can do this in the same year he's in the wedding singer where he's like the drunk brother <laughs> giving the, the, the terrible speech at the at the wedding 
<laughs> like Buscemi's got range, man. I, I, I mean, so I would posit him and John C. Riley for the greatest range in character acting in their discography. They're like he's crazy eyes and Mr. Deeds later on. Uh, French <laughs> yes, fries and Oreos. Say. You know me all too well, Deeds. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I was gonna say Mr. Deeds. By the way, is a very underrated. Oh, yeah. like very under, like, I feel like it does not. Cause I, and understandably like, you know, the, the Sandler movies that get all the run, like Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison, et cetera, et cetera. But that I movie think that's kind of the funny. end of our run though with Sam. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Would you agree? Like deeds is like deeds. It's it like, and then you get 51st dates, which is kind of a different thing. And then it's like, let's just, let's cash these checks, fam. 51st dates is pretty sweet. I'm not going to oh, lie. I love 51st. Love dates. it. Yeah. All in. Yes. Love the Beach Boys. It's just me singing on this part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's in that too, isn't he? Uh, Mike, where are we going with the, with the Lenny Harris pinch hitter award? We got a lot. I mean, is is Malkovich eligible? If this is a Malkovich no. movie, I'm not sure we can pick him. I don't think we can pick him there, which is my why my pick was Ving Rhames. Like... I just think Diamond Dog has so many different like little parts. Not one of my favorite is towards the end too. Just the different postures he takes shooting, like he is every like different caricature. Anyone who's never actually held and fired a weapon has done holding and firing a weapon. So that and him whipping the guys again, as they're trying to drag that plane out of there to me, like his scouting ability, his whipping ability, all of it top notch. He didn't take notes uh. of that NRA meeting. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. Um, I think you have to eliminate Cusack cage and Malkovich from and from the running here and so yeah, i'm gonna go I, I think so too i think i go buscemi i'm gonna go back and forth you know i think i do think i think mc Ganey like had the very he thing. had very little screen time but that man knocked it out of the park with the time that he did get like the whole scene where he's like wow you where dave Chappelle was like you hillbillies really know how to do some weird shit huh and he's like we sure do <laughs> <laughs> as he handed him the transponder like <laughs> A great uh, a great few weeks on this show for MC Ganey, knocking out in, in brief screen time. Yes. <laughs> Get him in beer his, fest, his, too. His efficiency numbers are very high. Like, yeah. that's, he's leading the Ken Palm charts. Like, he's, he's up there. <laughs> he doesn't provide as much unintentional comedy, but Trejo is fucking terrifying. Oh, like, my God. Yes. Fucking horrifying. Like, one of the most terrifying... Like, Probably the most terrifying prisoner. I think he's he's the most menacing because Cyrus has his sights on something else. He's not concerned. Yes. Like Tre- Trejo's like, I'm I'm here. I'm about one thing. And that one thing is not getting off this plane. Yeah. I think he also is, if you made a movie that's like centered around that character and actually like made a movie about it, like a good one, not that this isn't a great movie, like that would be a terrifying and like, intense you know bit of cinema like he he plays again there's not a lot of time but he like that i agree he was terrifying in that role Him, like that was just a, it's called unsettling... fear with mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> Wall's victory <laughs> oh my god i will say when he just like 
switched from Spanish when he was explaining the Johnny 23 nickname. And then he breaks out of it only to say in English, they'd have called me Johnny 200 if they knew the truth. I was like, that is diabolical. Like just (laughs) like even having that element and that bit of like nuance in the way they were delivering that was terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was some potential for some of the the clear neo-Nazis to uh, skyrocket up the worst criminal on the flight thing, but they were all pretty much taken out relatively early. Yeah. I mean, listen, if there's one thing we know about Nazis is that they, they peak early, they don't last long. So, uh, (laughs) not, not surprised, not surprising. Um, okay. The big chill. I mean, I think I already made, I kind of made my feelings when when he says, what do you think I'm going to do? I'm going (laughs) to save the fucking day. Like, Listen, it's not a big chill How in the traditional sense. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kyle, I would say for your assertion that the best needle drop in film history came in Palm Springs, this feels Kate Bush cloud busting, baby. This feels like an absolute like the challenger has entered the ring on this one. <laughs> <laughs> The, the fact that it's it's twice like the movie is bookended with it is incredible and like the they pick that was the thing about we're talking about like the movie song but like think about all these 90s movie songs that have endured like like um like iris is around this time again another Nicolas cage movie because iris is from city of angels oh i, think that's I what, forgot I think that's about called. that yeah like stuff with like meg that. ryan Yes, is that man? Did we put Nicolas Cage and Meg Ryan in a movie together? Oh, we did. That. Yeah. God, God did that. <laughs> <laughs> man, I mean, we. So this movie, the same thing we talked about. Talked about this last week with Gone in sixty seconds. Nicolas Cage arguably has sexual chemistry with no one. (laughs) no one. (laughs) Doesn't that mean he also has sexual chemistry with everyone? (laughs) I don't. There are. Well, to be fair, in his defense, in this movie, there aren't too many people that he could have sexual chemistry with because there are approximately two women in this movie. Uh, Three, if you include so Ginny, who works for the works with um john cusack's character she for those keeping track at home is the i think she's the woman from the copy shop that ross from friends sleeps with when they're quote on a break so that's like the other thing that she's because i was like she looks so familiar yeah that was it and Um, this movie gets even more 90s somehow (laughs) yes but i think for me i look at this and (laughs) mike and i were talking about this where we started recording when you had cyrus the virus computer issues because I was like, am I supposed to find him attractive? And Mike said he's prison ripped. Like he, he's jacked in the movie. Like if you if you cut off his but, head, you got an absolute <laughs> 10 in this one. When he hits the upside down push-ups, I am transported. Which is interesting because <laughs> otherwise, even when he's supposed to be someone who's very like capable, physically capable, like even in the rock, he's still he's always wiry guy. Like in Gone in 60 Seconds, he's wiry car thief. In National Treasure, he's wiry historian who has some like stuff like this. It's like, no, let's like hit a cycle. Like we're we're doing this. And I don't I don't think he's gotten to that that point ever again. No, this is the yeah, it's only just one. A, it, it's just a weird uh it's not a it's not a sexy movie. There's not a you know, in 
and that's okay. It does. This doesn't need to be. But but again, like it tries very much to be one because you get him walking it makes off me that feel bus. Like, it should like, be. like they're very much like, oh yeah, look at this attractive prisoner getting ready to go and try and thwart this. Well, yeah, like with the IMDb trivia, like going back to that, I didn't read, but Swayze was considered for this role, and Swayze is one of the hottest people to ever live. Did Point Break on this show earlier this year. Like, wow, that sweet. guy in that movie has sexual chemistry with everyone from Keanu <laughs> Reeves on down. Like, everyone like, loves that guy. complete opposite. Of- Dirty Dancing. He's having sex with the whole resort. Like, it's it might be a different movie. He even has chemistry with Jerry Orbach, let's be honest. Like, <laughs> that is electric. Will Forte as MacGruber has more sexual chemistry (laughs) with anyone on screen than Nicolas Cage does in this movie. I I was texting Alex last week, uh, this week, this past weekend too. Like, we're MacGruber's on the schedule. We're we're doing MacGruber at some point. My my meathead linebacker friend from college. I was out in Los Angeles visiting a couple of my former teammates. And we were out one night. It's on St. Patrick's Day. We were out. We were having a good time. He made us come back home because MacGruber is canon from when we were in college. Made us go back to my friend's house where we are trying to be quiet because there is a year and a half old baby asleep as my friend sits us down and makes us watch MacGruber while we shove <laughs> shovel pizza that we drunk ordered. The Peacock series now. That has been spawned from MacGruber. Episode one was excellent, by the way. Excellent. Oh, it's the right, it's the right call. We we got to do MacGruber. Um, Conair, how to improve it? I I, I kind of made this argument earlier. It's like a house of cards. I feel like if we we touch one thing, the whole movie could collapse. We do we do anything. Like it's good because the print, prison sentence is dumb. Yeah, I think you could give him a redemption arc if he needed it. Like. But I, I think that it's no notes. <laughs> no notes. I, I honestly think if you swap out, like, in as much as I very much love Patrick Swayze, I don't think this comes anywhere near. You have to have that unhinged performance from Nicolas Cage for this to work. You have to have the getting off the bus scene. You have to have the, like, it just, it has to, I just can't fathom it. There's other times where you can be like, oh, I could see so-and-so being this role, or I didn't really buy so-and-so, but the entire supporting cast was just so perfect. Like, you have to have I the wouldn't even change an actor. Factor from Kate. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta have, like, the full, like, Wicker Man energy that he brings to, like, everything. Have you seen that movie? That movie is wild. Oh, yeah. The ending Absolutely is- wild. Nuts. Nuts. He punches a woman in a bear. Like he's wearing a bear costume and he hits a woman. It's wild. The whole thing just is insane from start to finish. Like it takes like all of the crazy cocaine energy from Con Air and just dials it up and puts it on an island. And they're like, yes. That's our king. That. That, that's what he does. That's why we're that's why we're here for it. That's why we go to the They're just gonna to let him play movie. himself in a movie coming out soon. I literally cannot wait to see it either. And they've got uh, Pedro Pascal. Is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mandalorian. Yeah. Can't wait. It's gonna. Can't amazing. wait. Mike, can you improve this movie? Put how do I live in it in one more spot in the middle. 
Just so I While never he's have. killing Billy Bedlam. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, how does Billy Bedlam live? How do, how do I live? Just so I never have to go more than 45 minutes without hearing that song. How do I live? And it's Buscemi with the uh, talking to the little girl. (laughs) That's the song they sing instead of he's got the whole world in his hands. They just put it within the life of the movie. Like it's fucking um, something about Mary. Movies that have successfully dropped the same song twice. uh, Thor, Ragnarok and Connor. (laughs) That's it. Two perfect films. That's the Mount Rushmore. Two perfect films. That's the list. Okay, before before more restore, prequel, sequel, remake. Oh. I'm I'm all in on remake or sequel. Yeah, I don't need anything before uh, that. Yeah, but automatic watch because like both con like I feel like once films get over twenty years old, they're in the remake territory. Like we yeah, we've I was gonna say even a sequel stuff. is hard. Yeah. Yeah, although, yeah, yeah, that's the problem. Everyone's dead. Yeah, that's the sequel that's would have to be, the sequel would have to be some sort of, at like alluded to this event, and now John Cusack is in a advisory role in some sort of contractor position, and they have to do some sort of, you know, prison thing that they change up. They. So it wouldn't be like a direct sequel because it's too it's too long, but I don't necessarily need them to do, oh, here's this guy from Alabama that punched a guy and killed him and now he's in prison and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, again, though, I would go see it. <laughs> oh, yeah. All in. They could just do the same script minus a couple of the like, like the racist and homophobic things taken out. Same script. Don't even change anything else. I'd go see it. So sequel. Uh Yeah. In the IMDb trivia, they they mentioned that Defoe, Willem Defoe, was was considered for the Malkovich part. So, you know, twenty years later, Willem Defoe plays a guy who takes over a plane or some sort of flying fortress, something like that. And the government's like, "There's only one man who's experienced, you know, who knows what to do." And you know how in Speed, where Keanu Reeves inserts himself onto the bus, it's like they they knock on Cameron Poe's door and they're like, "We need you," and he's. You know, he's obviously estranged from his daughter because that's never gone well. And he's like, maybe she will respect me if I do this. And they like find a way to parachute. She's in college. Yep. Yeah, they find a way to parish. Yeah. And then they do the thing like from Unstoppable where like she's I guess she's like watching it on her phone. Like Cameron Poe is trying to, you know, get this airplane back under control. All in. Sign me up. 100%. I would watch that movie in a second. Why aren't they paying you to write this yet? I know. I, I don't get it. Oh, Defoe would have been pretty good in this. Though. Yeah. He, he has the right level of unhinged. Like he would have. He could have. I'm done not saying it's. A, I'm not saying even replace. Yeah. Yeah. He could have done Cyrus. He also probably could have done the Marietta Mangler. Could have done. Uh, Which, by the way, the Marietta Mangler would be my only argument for prequel. I could do a Marietta Mangler movie, like a horror, like, like directed by David Fincher. Like, think about if you do that as a legitimate horror movie, and then you watch this again with all of that in mind. <laughs> the tension when we're out by the pool with that little girl is even more heightened. Oh, we get yeah. to watch him wear that woman's away. head as a hat through three states. Done. <laughs> Oh my god, he just gets away. He just gets away. <laughs> he's in Vegas right now. Just he's like dealing blackjack. No, he's riding a nuke in space. 
<laughs> oh, what a great movie. Oh, man. Great movie. Uh, guys, this was, as always, a real treat. We finally knocked it out. Caroline, where can the folks follow you? Uh, you can find me at CW Darney on Twitter. All things, uh, well, not college basketball anymore for a little bit, but maybe a little lacrosse season going on, a little baseball, all things dog content. I've gotten both foster dogs adopted. So good track record on the foster dogs. We're super stoked about this. Uh, yeah. So find me on Twitter. Love that for everyone. Mike, where can the folks follow you? At Mike Golick Jr. on all platforms. Uh, I am currently slandering apple pie on Twitter. What? Is that, are you referring to the tweet where someone was like, we're getting canceled for our food text today? Yes. I said that apple pie and Hoosier, the movie Hoosiers occupy the same space for me, which is I have convinced myself that I don't like them. I have, I don't think ever tried either. And I have no desire to remedy that situation as an adult now. And I use that ignorance as a weapon against my enemies. <laughs> You've never tried apple pie. I don't like apples. And so it was never like a thing that seemed appealing to me. I was like, why would I have a pie full of fruit when I could have a pie full of chocolate or whatever key lime is, which I guess technically is like, you know, but it's not like real fruit. It's just made of keys. It's like a cusp. Yeah. It just, it just, it's strictly keys. (laughs) Just keys, like house keys. (laughs) I went with, uh, I went with oysters. I believe that Royal, I believe it's actually a conspiracy and everyone is lying <laughs> in saying that they like oysters. I firmly believe that no one actually does it. And they're just, they're afraid to say that they like raw, raw oysters. The, the quote tweets were chaotic. Oh, they sure. were, there are people on watch lists now. Well, like, it's a genius tweet. Yep. Oh a yeah. Genius tweet. It has like 46,000 quote tweets the last time I saw it. And I was just like, just some of the most wild stuff. And some of it's like, you know, I have a good friend who's like, oh, Pepsi's way better than Coke. And I was like, noted. Like, okay, lukewarm Larry. Yeah. Like, all right. <laughs> like, all these things that are like shitting on peanut butter. And I was like, well, you're on the list. Like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even put it. My food takes are pretty, like, I know that I have like, you know, some ridiculous food takes. I can't do a lot of spicy food or I'm not super adventurous, but I also don't lab very consistency wise. Like I can't, I, I won't eat cottage cheese. Like I don't even like looking at it. I can't, it makes, it upsets me. So no, cottage but. cheese was an acquired taste for me. It's another thing. I had to never it. tried it. No desire to, it no. looks like the, it just upsets it me. It looks like if I were to cut open my lower belly fat, that's what's inside <laughs> is cottage cheese. <laughs> I don't it know why <laughs> in college I, I think I was convinced that it was somewhat good for me. And I was like, I'm going to start eating this. I'm in good, good shape. And like, I've convinced myself to like it. Like, I, I don't, I don't know how it happened. The important thing with this tweet, did Spencer chime in? Cause I, although he's, he's anti-cheese. He says, <laughs> yeah. So. He says, he even said he doesn't like that Greek food is terrible. And I was like, Spencer, what? Yeah. Greek food is awesome. <laughs> Spencer's just yeah. very wrong. The first- <laughs> I mean, Ron, shout out Ron Swanson. There's a large spinning wheel of meat in there and I'd like to eat all of it. (laughs) There's like one of the second like replies to the original tweet was some guy that was like, Italian food is terrible. It's just bread and tomatoes. And I was like, this has completely derailed my day. (laughs) That That guy, that guy needs to be on Kanye. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like he needs to be in the Marietta Mangler thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, He's on a watch list. (laughs) That tweet and I Twitter searched Morbius the other day and I oh, spent no. probably 45 <laughs> minutes just crying, laughing, like just 
dying at these just they eviscerated that movie and everyone was like yeah no like it looks terrible like the trailers where you get to choose all of the things that you think will bring to people to the movie and I was like every single one of these it gets worse (laughs) like I want to see this less every time you put a new trailer out this is oh I think yeah, that's those kind are the of what's special that about Jared Leto, though, is that like I feel like when you see a trailer to a movie that he's featured prominently in, you already know if it's going to be good or not. Like Jared Leto, like it's just you, you just kind of know with the guy. Like House of Gucci, that's something I'm definitely going to be interested. I'm definitely going to like it. Morbius, that movie's going to be terrible. Could have told you 30 seconds into the trailer. There's just and they keep saying like the new Marvel legend, and Marvel's like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Oh, hey, 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 this is Sony. This is a Sony project. <laughs> I gotta say, it's the rare superhero franchise where, like, Marvel and Sony spent years warring over Spider-Man, and they're both looking at this one like, nah, dog, you got that. Like, <laughs> you. The best. I just, need, best. I just need more Moon Knight because it was so good. I mean, Moon Knight was excellent. We talk about, guys, we talk about people with sexual chemistry with everyone. We don't, we don't have enough time in this podcast to talk about Mr. Isaac, who is Good Lord. <laughs> crushing it, crushing it. I mean, just the most BDE out the wazoo. But anyways, guys, Con Air was a great time. Great, great time, folks. If you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports, remember, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Rate, leave a review if you're an Apple podcast. If you're a baseball fan, my interview series from Phenom to the Farm. It's brought to you by Baseball America. Uh, talked to the great Dallas Braden last week about uh, throwing a perfect game. And also uh, he had a great story about when they caught a teammate masturbating on the bus. Something for everyone in that one. So uh, catch you next Monday on Big Screen Sports. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.